Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Twilight with Solaris Blue Raven on on Nightlight Radio. Uh, so glad you could join us tonight because it's going to be a super night. Of course, we never know where we're going to go, but wherever we do go, it's very interesting. And we do have a starting point tonight. So um, let's bring Solaris in. Solaris, welcome yes. to your show. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. It's great to hear your voice. And I'm happy to be here. Yeah, if, if, before we even start in on the topic that we had, we have tried to do a show on for a month or so, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of, um, I, what would I call it, there are a lot of people who are are in the field of prognostication and prediction and stuff, and can, including astrologers who are predicting that... Um, between now and the end of the year, there is going to be something catastrophic that happens in the world. Have you gotten any indication of that? Well, to me, I think it's all simultaneous. So, you know, we're looking at a complete timeline implosion. I mean, we've talked about things like that before. They're talking about, you know, a catalyst of some kind. There's, there's, everything's vulnerable, in my opinion, so I think anything can go. So for me, I'm always focused on the, on the true space-time configuration, and I find that I think at some point something is going to shift, but, you know, we're looking at a collapse of a system, a collapse of a government, a collapse of a country, um, so much corruption that at this point the foundation is crumbling. So in my opinion, yeah, I'm sure something something big will probably manifest at some point in space time. I, I know right now that the field, the energy itself here in the linear does not feel in any formula good. So you can navigate through it, we can work through it, but it's still, it's not something that's in connection to our uh, multidimensional design, in my opinion. Just my, well, I think my own impression. One of the things that that keeps 
kind of nudging me, so I'll spurt it out, is that um, we do know that the, the, there is a wobble in the Earth and that the North Pole is moving um, in, in a new direction. It, it's one it's been in before. It, it goes through a cycle. But, mm-hmm. but also in a cycle is a pole shift. And when the pole shift happens, it happens all at once, and anything on the surface of the planet is is more or less kind of wiped out. That's that's why they discovered woolly mammoths with um, buttercups in their mouths. Mm-hmm. So, so my thought is, I've often wondered what was Darren Kuyu built for. It was built mm-hmm. to house over five thousand people with their cattle and everything else. And I know that they are building tunnels deep down, a mile or two miles down beneath the surface. I'm wondering if they are making ready for a massive pole shift and certain um, privileged people will be saved. Mm -hmm. Almost sounds like underground bases. From my perspective, I would tell you that I don't think underground areas are going to be secure at all in any formula. So even if they decide to think that that's going to be the case, in my opinion, when, when it hits the fan, the only place that's safe is off planet. <laughs> you know, it may be a jump point, an access point from the moon um, to traverse the galactic highway. But in my opinion, no, I think, I think people should be um, out of here. We should be out of here traversing. However, that is formula, whether it's uh, lifeboats or, you know, there are other ways to traverse. We all know that, you know, we've talked about teleportation, phase shifting by location, or cosmic, you know, cosmic light ships. I mean, all kinds of things. And it's, as, as sci-fi as that sounds, in my opinion, that to me is really what's going on. It's, uh, I don't think they're going to survive if they go underground, in my opinion. But things are changing. Well, I, I mean, look at the atmosphere, and it's weaponized, so that, me, that makes it even worse. You know, we have more than what we need when it comes to crazy weather patterns. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I, I have the same feeling that something catastrophic is going to happen, but I can't put a finger on what area it's in, where it is that it's going to occur, or if it's going to be totally global. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't feel that anybody is going to use a nuclear weapon, but I do mm-hmm. feel there's going to be something catastrophic, whether it's, I, I know it at some points they've said, you know, there were catastrophic um, tidal waves, and you know maybe a big part of the the ice pack is going to collapse into the ocean and create tidal waves. Maybe it's something like that. I mean, our weather weather patterns are screwed up like crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So well, it, yeah. It, Go ahead. I mean, farmers don't even know when to harvest and plant anymore. No, everything's I mean, mutated. Just, it's, it's, yeah, it's changed. We, we just got out of um, a heat wave like we had last summer, where for almost three weeks the temperature was over a hundred every day. Mhm. Yeah. So. And that was other states you know, too. Were they were having that? Yeah. It's definitely well, you're, not good. You're where, you're where it's cool though, ish. Mhm. But I'll tell you, it's been weird. It goes from it's almost like desert weather right now. We have. We have uh, very, very cold nights, very cold in the morning, and then it gets, as soon as the sun's out, super hot. So 
not not a comfortable hot. There's like an intensity, and yeah, you can say it's a lot of different things, but I'm telling you, there's something else happening with uh, the energies, the frequencies, the way the body is able to absorb the energies that are coming in, whether they're coming from the cosmos or or just the weaponized atmosphere. There's definitely a shift, and I find that I I, I have a sense that this winter is going to be probably harsh over here, probably the worst that I've ever seen, and winds too. The, yeah. These winds that are out of nowhere. Well. Is that, do you think that's man-made, or do you think it's it's a natural I think it's man-made. Yeah, yeah, see, for me, you know, I look at, we have so much going on with all these, you know, low-Earth orbit satellites. We have weaponized, directed energy weapons out the wazoo. People don't know about because they're all under classification. They're being deployed. They've been deployed for decades. This isn't anything new. But my point is that, you know, if you pound away at something long enough, you're going to deteriorate an atmosphere, and that's what's been happening here, in my opinion, is that our atmosphere is not necessarily, it's not because of global warming, this, that, and the other. It's, co- it's caused by the way they've been weaponizing our atmosphere, period, the biosphere. So for me, you know, that's what I'm looking at. So far, it's a, a majority of the cause. I would say 90% of it is due to them. And maybe a little percentage might be galactic or cosmic rays, this, that, and the other. And, yeah, when you're talking about, you know, the Earth, the illusion of um, magnetic poles and uh, shifting, I'm always looking at it, we're getting pulled out of orbit. We're not. We're in the wrong space-time configuration. We're not even supposed to be in this particular orbit, in my opinion. So the, the sooner we get out of this orbit, the better. So that's that's just my two cents. And then, obviously, if you looked at my work, you probably know that. But, yeah, I, I don't resonate with where we're at here on this timeline and, and the configuration they, they have here. So, If we were pulled out of orbit, would we just randomly wander until we're caught by another larger planet's atmosphere or well, gravity well to me the way i look at it is that when we're being we're, we're being pulled out of orbit but we're moving into another space time which means the whole frequency signature changes it's like it's being in, kind of encompassed by another sphere which recalibrates it into a whole different space time i know it sounds really out there but but it's definitely um a whole it's like walking from one universe to the next but this world changes it morphs if it survives it but i think it can that's my point. I think it. I think it's done it before. Just like the moon, in my opinion, is not from here in a sense that it was. It was. It appeared from a different space-time configuration. Obviously, it's not damaged. So, um, and it can. It can. It can wink out the same way it came in, in my opinion, as well. Even though some people would argue that. So, you know, this is way beyond the regular NASA information. You know, what they, everybody's been spoon-fed. So I get it that it's really out there for people, but you have to really look with a different lens and see the bigger scenery. I know you understand that. And that's what I've been seeing for a very long time, you know, that everything is not as it, quote, unquote, is, is appearing with the databases they're showing people. It's much more than that. They won't even show you what, what this world looks like from a distance for the most part. I mean, you have sanitized photographs, and you can, you can go through all this, you know, theories about what it looks like, but nobody really knows unless you're out, outside. Well, that's true. And, you know, I keep saying that that's, that there no longer is a normal or even a new normal out there. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's evolving every day and it's it's changing and it's 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 amazing to watch. Now mm-hmm. you know I, I I I think that probably you know I've been here before and you've been here before during a time of massive change, and we probably both have said I'm not going to come back here again. And here we are, and um, mm-hmm. so, so you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I'm seeing rioting, I'm seeing p- 
people rioting, but not parties. So it's not a it's not a party type of thing, you know, one party against another. It's people against mm-hmm. the government because of because of all of the corruption. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, you know, that will be a mess when that happens. So we'll, well and also let's it. let's not forget this this border situation that literally is is like I said before, we have a whole huge influx of things going on here. And and to me, it's just a, it's a melting pot of a lot of volatile you know volatile energies, and uh, I think that they're going to have some problems. I agree with you on that. I think it's going to be more than rioting. And of course, when you have the military turning against the people, um, which of course they're, they're, that's what their job is at this point is is literally um, to consolidate this this country. In my opinion, I, I find that this is going to change dra- drastically. It's going to change the world in a wink. So we'll see. But I don't know if they'll get that far, to be honest. So what, what their agenda is and what what the universe has in mind are two different things to factor in. Oh, I'd agree with you on that. Uh, you know, all we can do is rationalize with what, what little information we have. Mm-hmm. And we none of us have been given. Um, you probably have more information than I do. And, and it's sort of like um, even with what we've got, we don't have enough to really begin to understand what the whole agenda is and what the whole process is that we're going to be going through. So mm-hmm. it's, I guess the best thing to do is to say to everybody, buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, that or find a way out, uh, like what I've been working on with the Orion Gateway Project. You know? I mean, I'm always <laughs> looking for an exit. I'm always looking to bow out quietly and disappear like a ninja. I used to be the one in the middle of the battlefield, but I'm getting tired of that. So, uh, you know, I'm like, you know what, this isn't going to get any better. And it seems to me like they're not willing to really step up to the galactic neighborhood. And if they do, it's going to be on their terms of uh, who it's like a club at that point, you know, with who's who and this, that, and the other. But I find that um, going into the true configurations and space time and then just, just seeking and accessing the databases of off planet networks and systems, I think we can get there. And I'm sure you can too. I mean, you've done enough remote viewing to be able to access the database. This is, I was just talking about this the other day where everything is like, you know, rocks left behind. There's no real tangible artifacts. And, you know, of course there are obviously somewhere hidden cloaked um, when it comes down to classified artifacts. But my point is that what people see from day to day and what they investigate are just rocks. I mean, not that there's nothing wrong with that, but if you, you know, is that it? You know, we think about this, this world and the illusion of this realm and that's all that's left is a bunch of rubble. And that we're supposed to look at that, it just doesn't, that doesn't even add up to me. That's never added up for me. No, I, I agree with you. And, you know, a lot of the books coming out today are, are talking about um, a dimensional shift that, that we are literally in our real, uh, the essence of the real us is in a two-dimensional world. And the third-dimensional world is a hologram from the two-dimensional world into the third dimensional world. So so in essence, we're all a hologram. We're not real either. I feel very real, well, however. But, well, you know, I look at it as multidimensional, like a way beyond the, the second, third, the set dimension, so to speak. But yeah. I, I find that it being multidimensional, yeah, we can toggle between dimensions and fields and states of consciousness. But I do see that due to the weaponization of the atmosphere and the biodome here, that there is a digital consciousness now, a, a digital collective that is based on um, their version of artificial intelligence where people's brainwave activity is so remodulated and so so re-identified in a different formula that I think that they are they're almost in resonance with man's version of AI. And, you know, just by their iPhones, by their computers. There's just talk about this too, um, you know, the, 
you know, I'm sure you've seen that, or maybe you've heard that soundbite with, um, you know, Rod Serling, where they take two words that he said back in the day, and then they've created this this monologue just from the artificial intelligence program, the software program, which sounds just like him. Is it live or memorex? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we are we are being immortalized in the digital realm. There's no doubt about it. And even us, I mean, we're here. We can be remodulated in different formulas. I've been with interfacing technologies, and I understand how those work. And yeah, it's amazing to me to see what's happening here. So it, it's wild, you know. It's just mind blowing. Well, it keeps us on our toes for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. That that said, you and I decided to read the same book and talk no. about. <laughs> no. Go ahead. No, I'm kidding. If you don't, no, want I to did go my into best. It, we don't... No, let's talk about it. We're going to talk about it because you know what? We're not we're not postponing this anymore. I did read it, and then I took a lot, several weeks off, and now I'm looking back, and, you know, of course, it's a big book, and I would recommend that if you do read it, you're going to have to read it more than once. I don't know about you, but to me, it, it's worth reading several times, and then, of course, highlighting this, that, and the other. But, yeah, no, let's go for it. Well, the book is by Andrew Collins, and it's called The, uh, the First Female Pharaoh, and her name was Sobeknefru. So, so and um she she was she ruled very very early in um all of egypt and 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 whatever and she did bring upper and lower egypt together um her reign was really fascinating and and it's and again the book is well worth reading what what and she only she ruled with her brother for 8 years um because she was married to her brother and then he died. I think she offed him. And um, then she mm-hmm. ruled for four. But what I found fascinating about her and about the book is that she, because of her training, it wasn't in ruling the country and everything. She was really training um, in temple because she was not going to be pharaoh. And And so when she came to the throne... Her outlook, her philosophy was more of a spiritual nature than it was a political nature. And she and Mm -hmm. her brother argued a great deal because he wanted to do the military stuff and she wanted to pull everybody together in in peace and harmony. Um, She actually shut down a lot of his, the mines that he was mining, uh, jewels and all sorts of things in, to to get money to feed an army and stuff, and she kind of she, she kind of cut him off at the at the, at the pass, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. What 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 fascinated me about her was first of all, she was very into the the crocodile as as the main god, and mm-hmm. yeah, she she added on to a um a temple that her grandfather her grandfather built originally and she added on to it and the intent was to pull all of the different principalities if you will i think there were there were like 200 of them together in one building in many ways um creating a um a one a one god, a monotheism of a sort, 
and each of the separate principalities had a god that, that they worshipped, and there was a, uh, a a sanctuary for each of these gods um, on the first floor of this place. But what was fascinating was, and what what you know, I I perked up real fast when when this came into the whatever. First of all, it was called the labyrinth. Second mm-hmm. of all, it was there was an equal amount of space underneath that was even more spectacular and Herodotus went to visit it and he he raved about it he said it was spectacular and and not only was the first floor spectacular but underneath was spectacular and it was the underneath that got me um in some places you'll read that you know she intended to to bury kings there but but I I got the feeling that the underground was far more important than the above ground. Mm-hmm. And so so I I really, I, I don't know in reading the book if you got the same feeling. Well, I do. And I, I think that, yeah, it's more of a mystery school thing, if you ask me, when it comes down to her level of occultism. It seems to me like, yeah, you're right about that. And with that, to me, also the labyrinth signifies to me a spiral um, but also accessing, once again, a connection to celestial designs, um, cosmic designs. And it seems to me like there was a lot more to it than just, uh, you know, the idea of, of architecture and design. There was something more esoteric and frequency associated with that. At least that's the vibe I got off of it. And and for her alone, I mean, to me, you know, she didn't have a long rule, for one. But the fact that she was kind of um, attacked to some degree, I mean, she really wasn't you know, she's kind of a ghost. I mean, that's all I can describe it as. It's like she's she's really not present in a sense. I mean, they've tried to erase her. And you have to ask yourself, what was the threat? What was the real threat behind that, that they would go above and beyond to try to erase someone like that? Yeah, and, and I think, too, what was fascinating was that she was deified. And I think now I'm, I'm going to get the – I'm not sure exactly what the date was, but I know it was the date that was just a couple of days off from when I had Andrew Collins on the show. It was her feast day. Now, oh, right, yeah. how many Egyptian goddesses have a feast day? I mean, pharaohs. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there was, it reminds me of the Black Madonna. Were, yeah, and, and there were a couple of other things that that just didn't ring true to me, and yet, and, and yet they're in the history books, so you know there's got to be a reason for them. There is was at the time um, a a test that was given to pharaohs that had that had ruled, I believe it was something like sixty or sixty five years. They had to prove that they were physically and mentally um, still in in good condition to be able to to, um, to rule Egypt. And there was a cape that they were allowed to wear once they passed that test, a test I might add that I think is very appropriate for today, um, mm-hmm. just saying. Um, but <laughs> she had only ruled on her own for four years. And there's a statue of her with that cape on so that, why was she allowed to wear that when you only can wear it if you've passed the test after 70 years? Mm-hmm. That's a good point you make. 
Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's sort of like I'm wondering if she really was even of the earth. In other words, well, that's just here to. I agree. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I mean, you know, it, it, it's just she came to the to the to the throne. Um, with the intent to make changes, and the only thing that stopped her from making them, actually, was the fact that the Nile didn't rise, and she was told she could commit suicide or be murdered. Mm-hmm. And she committed suicide. But they don't know where her well, body is. Yeah, to me, that's also sketchy. If you ask me, I mean, you can we can speculate, you know, did it really happen? You know, people have faked their deaths before, so... I think you're right, though, when it comes down to – because what I was getting when I was reading the book also was that she was um, unworldly, that there's something that was far more uh, supernatural about her and connected to something more hybrid, more cosmic, versus just somebody, you know, here in this illusion of a world. So I think that, that you, hit, um, you hit that right on the nail, if you ask me, when it comes down to what she was and um, her level of, of immortality, or perhaps she also understood – the ideas behind traversing the galactic highway and also regeneration of the body to a point where she wasn't, um, she wasn't affected by mortality. That's a good thought. I, mm-hmm. I, I think, I know Andrew Collins this fall is going to go looking for her tomb because at, at it's, it's built. Well, the labyrinth is near, where a great pyramid is, and there were two smaller pyramids built ne- near it. Um, one was for her brother, and one was for her. And mm-hmm. her father also had a coffin in his tomb that would have been for her um, if she demised, you know, if she croaked earlier. Um, her older sister was the one that was really meant to rule with her brother, but she died. And so they slipped her in and then married her off to her brother. And I think she t- she truly did have um, a unique power. And mm-hmm. and it ju- it it. But what really and, and what I thought was so cool when I when I read it, I thought, oh my God, I can't believe Andrew Collins had to write this. Um, there there was a town that was built near this lake, where this temple is, and. Um, she she married she married she worshipped the crocodile god which was Sobic, and the mm-hmm. name of the town. Do you recall what it was? Because I I thought it was so cool. Um, uh, gosh, no way. No, go ahead. They called it Crocodileopolis. Oh gosh, okay. I mean, mm. it's almost comic bookish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And but <laughs> crocodile office. I mean, come on. Um, but of course, this is somebody deciphering hieroglyphics, so it maybe wasn't quite so bad. But I'm wondering if it's accurate. What, Go ahead. But really, really, and I'm, I keep coming back to it: is these darn t- tunnels underneath it? Because mm-hmm. for Herodot- Herodotus to start raving about the chambers that were below the temple it makes me wonder what else was below the temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, and and yeah. I was able to um, 
to locate the whole thing on Google Earth mm-hmm. and you know take a look at it. There's only there's just rubble where the labyrinth was, but to me, a labyrinth is more than just 200 chambers up and 200 chambers down or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right. A labyrinth is yeah. is a maze, at least in mm-hmm. in my interpretation. Mm-hmm. So if it was, so it couldn't have been the top part that was the, the labyrinth because it was it was very structured and very organized and it was 200 little chambers for the 200 little gods that all these different um, principalities, if you will, worship their god. Mm-hmm. So what she was doing was pulling everybody together at their own little site to worship in the same place, whatever god mm-hmm. is they want, they were worshipped, and then over all of it was the crocodile. So mm-hmm. really, you know, it's, it's way before Akhenaten's time, but again, another attempt at monotheism to a degree. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, well said. You know, to me, the labyrinth is also like a doorway. You know, depending on how it's being utilized and how many are involved in the labyrinth, you know, is it, is it a solitary thing or is it um, more of a cult thing when it comes down to how many affiliated with that particular type of thing? But to me, there, it just—I always see like the black, um, it's like a, a doorway with black, and then stars you know just to me it just seems like there was something very um, nebulous about about that underground area that you're describing and the fact that it's rubble now is interesting as well Um, now they do have ground penetrating radar we know that so have they even used that as a question no not yet I wonder why he's not done that yet well probably money Um, yeah and and you know they they think they know where the labyrinth was, but of course, I mean, a, a, it, there's a really there's literally a place on the map that is labeled the labyrinth. And you know, I just I get the strangest feeling that a, a labyrinth there is a labyrinth underground, and I don't think it's the same structure that was on top of it. Um, if mm-hmm. they they have um, the 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 tombs at the time, you know, they had the tombs upstairs and stuff like that. But the the labyrinth, the, the tombs that that they, the Egyptian pharaohs were digging, um, were uh, were amazing in that they went down so far, and mm-hmm. you know, down another level, switching, going down another level, going down another ne- level, so that. There were so many different levels to it that 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 doesn't constitute a labyrinth either. So, mm-hmm. to me, you know, we we go back to uh, the Minotaur and and the building that is above that, and th- there you have, you know, doorways leading to doorways leading to doorways, leading to, a labyrinth, literally. Mm-hmm. So if now I, you know, what what remote viewing I did suggested to me that it that that above ground was for the commoner, and below mm-hmm. ground was an initiatory labyrinth 
in which you had to transcend or go through in order to reach the awareness or whatever that that you were seeking to be initiated mm-hmm. into. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That seems to be a protocol. And also, each level would be, a, well, in my opinion, it could be a representation of a dimensional field and also uh, mm-hmm. an activation level, too, of, of activating the initiate. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It really does. If you look at the, uh, the design work of a labyrinth in general, it kind of reminds me of a computer chip or something connected to technology in a weird way. I don't know why. But I, I always see it like that. I see it as something that's running circuits and running energy and the way the energy is flowing in a particular way also has a lot to do with that, you know, insofar as um, how, how the uh, intent is with the, with the collective that's working with that, how the frequencies are, are running. Because yeah, it's going I, in a direction, you know. I, I mean, they know where it is, but nobody, nobody has tried to go below ground level to look at what's there. Surprises me. Maybe somebody know. has. They just won't talk about it. But go ahead. Yeah, that could be. But mm-hmm. but knowing that she wasn't built, she she wasn't buried in her father's pyramid or in the. Um, I don't think he was buried in the pyramid. His, her father's tomb. Um, I think the pyramids were kind of like the frosting, and the tomb was underneath it. With the with the exception, mm-hmm. of course, of the Great Pyramid that wasn't really a pyramid anyhow. I, it was a pyramid, but it wasn't a burial pyramid. Um, <clears throat> so what 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 I keep getting is that that there is an otherworldly feeling to it as well and to mm-hmm. to impress Herodotus it had to be more than you know a great big long hallway with lots of rooms on either side that doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. yeah I agree and also it wasn't there wasn't water underground was there were these canals no there there was uh, it was on the shore of a lake Okay, because I kept thinking that the water, that for some reason, it seemed like water was, was running through that labyrinth for some reason. Oh, it may have at some time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Very interesting. Well, it, it, it does beg the question, you know, just what is there? And, of course, the only way to find out is to excavate it, and, you know, that takes lots and lots of money and permits up the wazoo. But... Mm-hmm. um. I, I'm pretty sure that he's. I, I don't see. I it, I get the feeling they're going to be looking in the wrong place completely. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah, got, they should do that a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he he he. Andrew knows a lot more about this than I do for sure. But but his book, I've read a lot of books about tombs and pharaohs and all of that stuff. And this is the first time that, that something has grabbed me and said, there's more to this than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And, and you should pay attention and, to that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think I have ever spoken about a book that I reviewed on a show other than where I interviewed the author, mm-hmm. even if I adored the book. And there have been some that I have absolutely adored, but... But this one is tantalizing because there is such a mystery behind it. And um, it's one of those mysteries 
that's sitting right out in plain sight, and nobody's saying, well, geez, let's let's solve this one. And mm-hmm. um, but I I think any remote viewer worth their salt should should you know look at the book, read the story. There's a lot on it on, on the internet, mm-hmm. so you don't have to actually read the book because. Most of the material out there is uh, Andrew Collins's material, and, mm-hmm. and just it's nice to have the book though. A, I like having my hard copy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's because it you know me. I like book. the bunny ear stuff, and I like to highlight. <laughs> <laughs> you like to but, yeah. the book, but you like to yeah, not in a nice way though. But but things that stand out, you know, I certainly like to highlight this that, and the other. But I do find it interesting that, you know, the, the idea of controlling water, the element of water, uh, obviously is something that you're looking at and with the, whether it's connected through the mystery schools of the underground, what she was doing. But, you know, so back, uh, you know, the whole idea behind that is, is controlling the elements, or at least water. So very, well, very I interesting. Found it, I found it interesting that, now I'm going to mispronounce this name, and I apologize, even though the owner has been dead for a long time, Hepshetsu. That's good. She, yeah, she um, admired Sobanefru, and so did Cleopatra. So, mm-hmm. so you know, people after her time um, revered her, and e- even though they tried to erase her, uh, they couldn't. And and what's and that's what I don't understand, is, Barbara. Not even to interrupt you, but I was just curious, why? What was the obsession with erasing? What was it about her that they wanted to erase, I guess, is the question. I don't know. That's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Now, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the interesting things about this is she was the foundational work um, that inspired the making of the first movie of the... Um, the mummy. Yeah. And so, like... so, immediate, <laughs> so immediately that, you know, when I saw that, I put the book down and I watched all three movies. Um, mm-hmm. Just because after one you have to watch the other two. So um, so the story has 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 kept her name alive. And, and um, who was it? Bram Stoker wrote wrote a, a story about her too, so that so that her name keeps coming up in history. It's they they're mm-hmm. not letting her go. So why are they not letting her go? <clears throat> what is it about mm-hmm. her that keeps her alive? Literally, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to raise from, rise from the grave and you know walk around and drink people's blood or anything. But um. Why? What is it about her life and her memory that 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 the universe won't let us forget? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great and, question. And, do you have an answer? Well, you know, to me, as I, I keep touching on the hybrid aspect, or you know, the star child, or the the star being, there's something that, like I said, the supernatural, and, and that's something they touch on also. And even if it's just a fantasy sci-fi or you know, or something else. It, it seems like there's always that supernatural essence. The mystery school signature comes to mind, and her presence being something unearthly. 
and so, and also has uh, a being that has had access to something way beyond what the what what people would normally have back in that on that timeline. To me, I find yeah, there's definitely a level of immortality with her, and perhaps she did find some secrets uh, when it comes down to that as well. Uh, but there's there's definitely a deep mystery in that. I mean, I think you and I talked about remote viewing it, and I I haven't really dialed in a whole lot. But what I do get is a lot of water underground, and I also got the spirals in the water, um, and some other things. But there's definitely something very very interesting about this particular being, for sure. And it it is as if she's not really dead. Is that maybe she? Um, you know, you can say whatever you want to say. If they <laughs> left this realm physically, did they really die? You know, it's just, to me, there's just so much uh, unanswered on that level, but there's definitely a mystery behind it. Well, I And the name, what, what, her name, too. Yeah, go ahead. So, like, so like yeah. yeah. It took me, took me two or three days to learn how to say that. <laughs> and there's another um, pronunciation of it also, isn't there? It's a more feminine version. Yeah. The Farah, um, which I think is almost prettier. I forget now. I have to find it. But it's a prettier, like almost like a softer version of the name itself. Well, you know, I think like like all of these women who came to power, um, there was there was an essence of intrigue connected to her becoming pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And once once she had the power, she only had four years, and. You know, you don't know where she might have taken it had she had, you know, a full lifetime to, um, I don't know what she was planning, where she was planning to go with it, except that she was not into, um, you know, conquering nations and ruling nations at all. She was into a more Mm -hmm. spiritual approach to life. So... She did not fit into the the, uh, the the times in which she was born. She was ahead of or behind her time, but she was not in the right time frame. She was definitely an anachronism of some sort. Right. So, I agree with you on that. But I, I still, the, the chambers underneath, I, I almost get a feeling that the labyrinth itself was underground. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, hundred percent. And the temple part yeah. was just the cover for the common folk, right? Like they could go in, and then yeah, totally. There's a descent. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. Well, I, I mean, a long hallway with oh, pff, a long hallway with lots of doors on either side is not a labyrinth. So, mm-hmm. right? Didn't anybody ever ask? Where's the labyrinth? Well, they, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. But like, they could have had a mock, a mock labyrinth. You know, like I said, like you were saying, just for the commoners, and then something much more intense and vast underground. Well, it does make you wonder why archaeologists haven't asked this question as well. And you know, I can't be the only one, and, and you and I can't be the only ones that are saying. Where's the labyrinth? I mean, we we understand that the temple right. above didn't create a labyrinth. The only the only ones that I know of were uh, the Minotaur. That building had that's where that's um, Malta. Mm-hmm. Okay, that building is a labyrinth. 
doorways come to ends, and you know that is a labyrinth. But but what what they're talking about above ground was not a labyrinth. I'd love to get a hold of you know Josephus and those guys and just say, well, what do you mean mm-hmm. it was spectacular? <laughs> I mean, well, what does Andrew I, say I, about that? I mean, what did you ever ask him about the labyrinth part? What you're describing? Um, he kept it basically. Um, into what what can be deciphered from oh, history, okay. so he didn't really get into any of this other stuff. And right. you know, I, I I did you know kind of ask him, and he said, well, he's he's taking um, a group back to look for her her tomb or her body um, this fall. So anybody's interested, mm-hmm. but I hold up. I would go. I would I would like to go. Just because we would probably be able to find it within 24 hours if it's there. You know, being oh, like us sure and rent. She wants to oh, be yeah, found, no. she'll be found, but yeah. But when you think, you know, she's been hiding in plain sight, so to speak, for 2,000, well, 5,000 years. I forget yeah. how many thousands of years, but it's, it's a lot. So, right. so what, you know, just what is the... Um, What's the message? I mean, when something like this keeps coming back year after year after year after year, uh, there has to be a message there for humanity, and humanity hasn't figured it out yet, so it keeps popping back up. Um, right. I don't know, like the Fatima stuff. Um, right. Well, to me, it's the immortality. Once again, what keeps ringing every time we have these conversations is the aspect of her being able to achieve immortality. So however that formulates itself, that's what keeps coming in for me. I mean, when we look at it, when you talk, when you talk about it in the labyrinth and um, just her, what is the message behind it? Perhaps she did find many, many keys. Maybe she had a lot of keys when it comes down to that. Something bigger and more vast, um, which is the mortality is huge. I mean, and, and to me, it's, it's interesting if you look at even the spinoff books they've been writing, you know, the science fiction books or whatever they put together. It's usually pertaining to something like that resurrection, you know, uh, well, to that immo- level. Immort- immortality, define immortality. Well, immortality would mean that she didn't really die, that she was a timeless being, and that she was able to reconstitute, regenerate, however you want to say it, or what I would call the traversing the galactic highway. She found a way um, so that she wasn't, she wasn't from here, so she didn't have to stay here. She wasn't bound to the, to the contracts of this realm. You know, I'm just looking at me. You know, people were into the occult, and you know as well as I do. They, they go deep. It depends how far you go, but it could have changed everything. It could have made, been a real game changer, especially back then, to what degree this, um, her, what she was doing and, and the way she was operating as a as that type of a being, as a mystical being. You know, to me, that's just what, what comes in. I mean, I'm just looking at it like that. I mean, I, I totally agree with you that she was is probably an immortal, but... Her physical body is gone, so all she has is, is her etheric body, until or unless she decides to take, you know, have her presence be in a in, in a physical avatar. I believe she's still mm-hmm. she's still around. I mean, I mm-hmm. totally believe that because because hold of a mente. But go ahead. Exactly. So. So it's a matter of um, just like almost every avatar who has been, I mean every every master who has 
you know, their avatar has become historical. Their spirit is still here, but not in physical. Mm-hmm. So because because we are eternal. Now, the the spiritual aspect can go anywhere, do anything at any time. It it is timeless. But in physical is a whole other um, ball of wax. I mean, if she wanted to keep yeah, unless you her. reconfigure. No, true. Yeah. I agree. But but the alchemical process, and I've talked about this before, you can call it ascension, but a transfiguration of the atom, the level of initiatory, um, the level of initiation can actually completely regenerate and remodify the body. This is what I, my point is that I believe, and I, and I know this without a shadow of a doubt, depending on the space-time configuration, we can regenerate this bio suit. We don't have to age. We can reconfigure things. So to some degree, in my opinion, that, that's even a possibility with her. Um, you know, and anything's possible, in my opinion, that, you know, they've never found a body, and it'd be interesting to see if they do find some kind of a body at this point. Would be interesting. But I find that if, if you tweak if, everything in frequency, you can regenerate cells, atoms, you can regenerate everything, you can reconstitute everything. I find that this particular space time configuration, the frequencies are just not compatible with what we are as multidimensional celestials. I'm speaking that as oh, a I, you know, generic yeah, way. I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, but I think, in, in essence, if she's able to do that, then she can walk through time. That's right. Who's to say she didn't with the labyrinth and everything else? Because yeah, I think below ground, it's still there. And but I get a lot of water with is, it. So go ahead. Well, yeah, I think the water probably, in some ways. It feels like if there is water, and there may well be, that it is generating a current that is electrical that could be charging a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highly possible. Like I said, it's like a circuit board. You know, labyrinths, are, yeah. labyrinths, some of the labyrinths are very cool, but they remind me of computer circuitry, you know, motherboard type stuff. Very interesting. Oh, absolutely. I, I liked her name as Sebek, is it Sebek Nefera? That's the, that's the name I thought was really beautiful. And, of course, they switch it to Neferu, which I guess both. Uh, I remember reading that. Because I highlighted it like it meant something. So Sebek Nefera, that's just the name that I resonate with when, when I hear her. Um, the other name is okay, but it's much more harsh. The, the other one with the raw in the end resonates. Well, that's because it was her pharaoh name, and she was Makes connected sense. to Ra, so his mm-hmm. name had to be attached to it. Yeah, I like that one. That resonates better. I think it does anyway. It's just me. <laughs> Well, but I think, you know, you know energetically speaking to her spirit, that to me the raw at the end is, is more in resonance. I, I, I would tend to, I, I think she was a very powerful person. But mm-hmm. I think at some point she must have realized that time wasn't ready for her. Well, it's not only she had a lot of sabotage. I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know, Caesar syndromes, I call it, where people are always waiting in the, in the dark with a knife in their hand, you know, that kind of thing. So it just sounds like she had a lot of betrayal or there's a lot of uh, jealousy or threat uh, when it comes down to what she was, what she was about. And you're right, you know, um, to change the whole paradigm, 
without the war, you know, the war program running, that's a big deal. I mean, they wanted things their way. And being feminine, being a divine feminine god, uh, that's a huge deal too. Yeah, I, I just, I found it difficult to worship in a crocodile. You know, that... Yeah, that doesn't resonate. Yeah. Well, that's... that's so maybe they don't have worship. everything right. I mean, yeah, but I, I look at the crocodile, I, I don't know, there's there's certain pieces that don't seem to formulate with me, but um, the, the mystery school stuff does, but the others are just kind of there. Um, I'd have to look into that deeper. Well, it was, you know, it was, it was sort of, when I read the book, it was like the story just, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful story, but he didn't go deeper into it, but he couldn't go deeper into it because his, his facts stopped at a certain point. And, you know, he was, he was just left hanging, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, you know, um. He thought that she was trying to make that that town by that lake, the pyramid, uh, the the, um, the the capital of of all of this stuff. But she she didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And why why would she want to move all the bodies of the dead kings into the basement, so to speak? And they were already built, you know, they were already sealed inside their pyramids. That doesn't make sense. Well, unless she had an issue with that, them not being worthy to be where they were buried. That could be. You know, moving them, moving, maybe it was pissing off the energies of, uh, or the, the, the true God energy. You know, when you have things that are almost like a blasphemy, being buried in a sacred place that they shouldn't be buried. Maybe that was, it could be a lot of reasons for it. Vengeance, be you know all different things, but you know burial are a big. It's a big deal if you're buried in the right place or not the right place. I remember when I was on Maui, I probably shared that with you. I was doing a security work out there. You know they have hotels, and all these beautiful, beautiful, very rich hotels up there in Malaya, and uh, a lot of the time they would take the the bodies of these kings, these ancient ones, and um, just put them in a pile and, and cover them with rocks, and nobody would know what they were unless you were you know on the inside. And that to me is a, a complete disrespect. Because they're moving these graves, they're moving these beings, and they're just putting them someplace where they're just, you know, if they can build a hotel or whatever else, you know, that kind of thing comes to mind. I'm not saying that's what happened with her. I'm thinking more along the lines of they weren't worthy of where they were buried. And a lot of that's based on ego. You know, when you think about, you know, burial and, and who gets what kind of thing. It'd be interesting to look at that and expand on it. Definitely. Definitely. I don't know. I think it's a story that... that um is going to hang for centuries, and even if they do find her, uh, I, 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 there, there's, there is kind of similarity too between her and Cleopatra, mm-hmm. because yeah. they, they, they haven't been able to find Cleo, Cleopatra's um, body, tomb, whatever. Um, so there, there still there, there is a, a lawyer. Who is um, excavating some place at, at some some temple, and they, she thinks that she has found um, passageways underneath a gate that, that lead to burial chambers, and she thinks that she may have found where because Cleopatra's body apparently was smuggled out of the palace um, after she committed suicide. 
or did she? Once again, that's that's my point. You know, his story, her story, aversion, we, we really don't know. I'll be honest. I mean, if you dial in a remote view of things, it gives you, it might be in a lot more detail. Uh, but to go by history books and say this is what happened, we really don't know. It could have been that she faked her death and got out of there. You know? It, it could be. Um, I think a lot of people in Hollywood do that to this day, my opinion. I think people do fake their deaths. A lot of them just want out. They just want to get a new life. Well, there is something about being in the public eye so much that you have no privacy anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while, while the fame is 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 one thing on, on one hand, um, it, there's no let up. And, mm-hmm. and so you are... You are constantly, um, you're you're constantly, sort of um, in the public eye, and and it's it's kind of like you can't blow your nose, you can't you know you can't do so many things because there's always somebody watching. Right. Well, we get that now with the government, but <laughs> at least I've been there with your failing and interface, but. Yeah, I mean, it's true. They don't have any privacy. They they have to live a persona. They have to put the mask on and stay in the mask until they leave. And they they can have a different mask, I guess. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's a very um, challenging lifestyle. But then, again, the payback, you know, they're rich. They're multi-billionaires. Most of them are very wealthy. They have nothing to worry about, so there's a trade. You know, that's what they sacrifice for, for the big money. Well, I have to tell you, um, I don't think there's any amount of money that that could make me be 100% on all the time. Um, no, I don't think they are. That's why they flake out and have therapists all the time, too. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of them have meltdowns, drug addiction, all kinds of stuff. Actually, yeah, I would say that, that a great many of them are very unbalanced and... and mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that they're constantly being watched and hunted, and it's got to be a bad way of life, and and having all the money in the world and being able to, you know, have the biggest, greatest mansion in the world, no matter how big and great it is, it's still a prison. Right, you still step out of the box, and you're you're part of the mass collective again. That's my point. It's like if you're rich, and if I had the money of Musk, I would be living off planet. I mean, there are other ways to traverse, but my point is that if you're that rich, what are you doing here? And I've always said that about all these people that are trying to buy Hawaii or the different islands. You know, if you have that much money, you should be living off planet. End the story. That's what I'd be doing. So I know it can be done. I know it sounds really nebulous, but to me, that's the bigger picture. I think that picture is going to show itself to people soon. That's a That's a little prediction I'll make. Within the next few years, you're going to see that capabilities of living off planet become a reality with lifeboats. Well, which planet would they go to? I mean, underground in Mars, underground on the moon? No, different space-time configuration. We were talking about parallel, not even a parallel universe, but an intersect between uh, a true space-time configuration. This one here, which I find to be faulty. So it would be something uh, like Mars is there, but is it really? Because then if you go into a different space-time, everything changes. Those planets aren't there anymore. That's my point. Everything moves. Everything shifts. The whole thing reconfigures itself to a point where you see a whole different um, celestial design and celestial bodies. And I find that's 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 really the reality, in my opinion, behind the veil. 
and people are still focused on, you know, the, what they've been taught with the solar system and the planets, and that's that's great and all. But to me, I'm looking way, way, way bigger than that. And I think that that um, new telescope, not the telescope they have out now, is this honing in on different frequencies and uh, electromagnetic spectrum signatures that are indicating that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree the web. with you. I think, I think yeah, you're taking the red pill or the blue pill. Um We'll take the black pill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Alice in Wonderland too. I mean, it it it, it is. The it's so surreal. Silly. You think it's crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the bo- the bottles made her big and made her small, and you know, it it depends on you know. I I think that you know, the Earth plane is definitely a, a school of mass proportion. And no matter how much we know, there's always so much more to learn. But but when you look at what's going on in in the planet at this point in time, you you just you have to step back and say, wait a minute, what what in blue blazes is happening? Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're it's like a little video what, game. It is, but you know what I don't understand is that this country is being invaded and mm-hmm. nobody's doing anything about it. No, they're not. It's, it is the boiling frog thing. It really is. Or their gas chamber is very, very soft. You know, they don't feel the pressure until it's too late. No, I, I see it too. I mean, it's not like paranoia or prejudice or anything like that. It's situation awareness. When you're in danger, you're in danger. And uh, to me, it's just like, you know, the one thing that they, they everybody loves so much about this country was freedom. And yet there is none. It's, it's all a facade. So, yeah, I see I see big red flags everywhere when it comes down to danger and, and how dangerous and negligent the corporation called the United States of America government has been. It's, they've been extremely um, they have been a bad seed for this for this particular dimension, at least for now. And I don't see them improving in any form. So, yeah, it's a shame no, you know, I, just to, to see it. And, and a lot of the corruption that has yeah. been underground is now coming above ground, and people are yeah. beginning. It's becoming to see. the norm. It's not even Gotham City anymore. It's something worse than that. At least Gotham and you know Batman had a cool kind of environment. This is this is really gross. Uh, what I'm seeing is very dark, very very dim. But I'm seeing more and more people that are that you can tell just by their energy that they're just criminal, you know, and and they're just it's like the norm to be a criminal. And if you stand out and you have ethics or you're different or you think outside the perimeter, you're, you know, it's a polarization. So, yeah, there's something really, really wrong here. No doubt about it. I can see this country breaking up. Yeah, well, I can too. And, I, yeah, you've been right about that. I know you kind of called that a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. But I see it too in a sense, but it's more than that. It's like it doesn't even exist anymore. It's been consolidated. And, and I think it's by title and name only that it's the United States of America. I don't think it's America at all anymore. Not at all, United States. Yeah, so yeah, at some Benjamin. point, I'm expecting the flag to change, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I think that some of us will merge with Mexico. Some of us will merge with Canada. And there will be a central group and, and obviously an east-west group. And if the um, New Madrid fault line goes off, it will just about um, 
it will just about split the country so that so that mm-hmm. there there could be an east united states and a west united states and i don't think that mm-hmm. the the original colonies will stay together either so i mean no. benjamin franklin said you know well you've got a republic if you can keep it we haven't been able to mhm no not at all there's too much corruption it was hijacked you know it's it's sad because they didn't they didn't have a winning chance in my opinion i don't think we ever had a real um a real opportunity to succeed I think it was sabotage since day one, even through our ancestors. Even what they thought was success wasn't. There was always a you know this, this black umbrella hovering across this country, and it never ceased. You know, you look at we talk about Nikola Tesla a lot because I used to really love them and his inventions. And I think about all the great minds and all the great people and everything. How technology has been hijacked and you know re-identified through a defense department now, and things have changed. It's, it's always been corrupted. It's always been really, and not for the highest good of anyone here in this illusion of a world. I mean, it's been to benefit a few people who have a lot of money and power now. And these same people are just uh, out of control. So, you know, the, the legacy of those people, I should say, their agencies. But yeah, it's pretty sad. You know, and I look at my ancestors, and I, I told you we came over on the Mayflower on my mother's side. And even earlier than that, my sister was doing history, and we actually came over earlier than the Mayflower. So we were here a long time. <laughs> Instigators, so I would say, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting when you think about it. In all those years and all those centuries, and you know, obviously, hard to kill is you know comes to mind because we're still around. But you know, that's something to be said too. You know, you have a bloodline of families that goes way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine, mine were Minutemen um, during the Revolutionary War. So. See, yeah, they, yeah, we they, knew each other. Our ancestors knew each other. We're probably related oh yeah, I, anyway. I, I, I think mine probably um, made moonshine in their spare time. <laughs> that sounds um, fun. Well, I, my, my neighbor here has an uncle. Because yeah, I, I had mentioned moonshine and, you know, <laughs> what does it taste like? She said, well, I can get you some, but we have to wait till my uncle's out of jail. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> So it's still going on. Oh, it's yeah, it's still illegal. Wow. What is moonshine? I don't even know what it is. Well, it's fermented fruit, sugar, fruit and sugar, I think. And what else do they put in it? Hmm. There's there's alcohol of some sort. They get alcohol out of it somehow. Amazing. I like Uzo, though. I've tried Uzo. That's good. Go ahead. Is it? No, I've, I've, somebody said that, that moonshine will knock you on your feet. You know, you'll be out cold before you hit the ground. So, wow. and I don't drink, so, you know. Pfft. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, back, I went to a wedding one time when I was given Uzo, and it's it's strong. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't go, I didn't black out or anything, but I only had a little bit, but I'm telling you, that stuff is strong. It was really strong. Did they tell you you had a good time? I don't know. I mean, I was literally like, you know, I think I was in another body. You know when you feel like you're in control, but you're not? Like that's And if this isn't even the technology of an interface with, this was way before that. But, yeah, it's like I must have had a guardian angel or something because, I mean, I was driving and doing all kinds of things. I don't remember anything. Oh, good grief. Yeah. This is a long, long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> pretty wild. Well, no, I, I, I can see. See this country being fragmented. 
But but mm-hmm. what good yeah. does it do? I mean, it, it, at this point in time, our our government. I mean, when they said when they talk about that January sixth invasion, oh, that's oh, nothing that's compared to what's going on at the border. I mean, I know it's a complete redirect. Yeah, now it really yeah, is. It's showing that. corruption out the wazoo. It, it's the narcissistic sociopaths pointing fingers and swords at everybody but themselves. You know, they need to look in the mirror. But yeah, that's a shame that that's happened on that level. It really is. We never needed that sort of thing to go down, but it's a vengeance. I mean, they want things their way, and they'll stop at nothing to make sure that it goes their way. But as you can see, it's going into the, the sewer pretty quick, and, and they can't sit, you know, they can't tell. I guess they, they, they don't understand. They can't do an analysis and see how bad it is. They're so arrogant. Well, with the millions of see, what, what I was wondering, and, and I've wondered this a number of times, had to be almost 20 years ago. When the big thing came out that FEMA had 800 camps that were set up and ready to take refugees of some sort, and that they would be, you know, confined, but they would be cared for, and that mm-hmm. they were all they were all stocked with, you know, beds, pillows, sheets, food, everything, but they were all fenced in. Now, when Katrina hit, I did not understand why they didn't take those people and put them in one of those camps, because then they mm-hmm. would have at least been safe, and they could have gotten their acts together and, and you know, moved on. If And I know that the, that the camps were out there, because a lot of them were, were Army facilities that had been shut down but had been turned into a FEMA camp. And in the 20 years since that, there have been there have been several times when there were large groups of people that needed to be sheltered, and they haven't been opened or used. So why not? Mm-hmm. What kind of emergency is it going to take to use those FEMA camps? Um, right. Now I. I, I don't know if they would hold the number of people that are coming across, but you could put them all in these camps and then process them slowly and and um, make sure that they were controlled. But right. now, I, I mean, now there's, I mean, it, it's just it's too late. It's too late. They have an army now, and basically that's what they wanted. They wanted that army to disrupt everything in the United States, whether it's the economy whether it's just the American people and, you know, it completely destabilized the country. And that's pretty much what they succeeded in doing is breaking it. So now that they have all these crumb bumps here, not everybody, but quite a few, um, it's just going to cause more and more problems. And it's going to put pressure on the police departments. Now there's the crime's going to go out the wazoo. This isn't going to benefit anybody. It's a lose lose scenario. And anybody with a firing neuron should know that in politics. So once again, it's just not common sense to do things like that. It, it's a sabotage. It's, in my opinion, that's the biggest form of high treason is to put the American people in harm's way. And you're doing that by leaving the borders the way they were and la- allowing criminal activity to come over to the borders. We know it. The fentanyl has gone off the rails. Um, the other drug, well, there's another one that's even worse than that. I mean, all these things that are happening now that are just, just off the rails, you know. So, and, and they're sitting in D.C. thinking they're doing a good job. So, no, they're not. In fact, they've been doing a horrific job. I mean, when when I hear them talking about all the good they've done, I look at my grocery Joke. bill and I 
you know, you've got to be kidding me. I don't know what you're talking about, but what, I, I mean, it, my grocery bill has doubled, and it's just yep, me and the cat. Right. Yeah, I know. I now understand. I have my animals eat better than I do. I thought about that. That's okay. I love them. But even people, uh, regular Joes out there, I mean, there a lot of people are on food stamps, even though they've cut that down. I mean, people are not making it. And these people are out of touch over there in, in D.C. and the Congress and everything else. They, I don't know if they just don't even care, which I suspect they just don't care. You know, so, um, you know, everybody's a liability for collateral damage now. That's well, see, why they see people that's anyway. What, that's what gets me. It, it's sort of like, how do you know who is serving in the government and really trying to help the people? And who is serving in the government trying to buy their way to the top? Mm-hmm. I think it's you, all corrupted. You, yeah, you can't tell. It's, one, was, it's basically two sides of the same coin. Well, yeah. There was a, there was a, uh, a series on TV, oh gosh, eight years ago or so, called Soul Survivor. Mm-hmm. Soul Survivor, Yeah. And and the premise was that every time there is a um, State of the Union address, everybody comes, all the senators, all the congressmen, the Supreme Court, the top military, everybody who's everybody has to be there for that speech, except one member of the cabinet who is the sole survivor in case something happens. Oh, that's right. They yeah, are, you told me about that. Yeah, go ahead. It's it's a cool, cool. I think they did it three years, and first of all, I love explosions, and the explosion of the of the Capitol was gorgeous. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I must have been a, a, a firebug in in a past life or something. Because I just love watching fires and floods. I, I like them both. But um, so, so yeah, okay, so you get rid of the top level, but the level under that is just as, in some places, is just as bad. I mean, oh, people, yeah. people with $500,000 worth of stuff in their closets and gold bars and Mercedes Benzes or, or other people who get millions of dollars for doing nothing. I mean, and mm-hmm. and you see it, everybody sees it, everybody knows it, and then nothing happens to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's wrong? I mean, why are these people not punished? I mean, there was a time, I think, when behavior like that was published. Mm-hmm. It was punished. Yeah. You know, it wasn't published. It was punished. If you or mm-hmm. I did yeah, half the things that these people have done, we would be serving a life sentence somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the tables turn. Like I said, it's corruption. Corruption rules, and that's the problem we're running into, is that the level of corruption is, is from ground zero up. So you can't you can't do anything to resolve it unless the whole thing goes. And that's what I mean by reconstructing the entire area. In my opinion, I said it before, I said, you know, it would be better off using a neutral positive artificial intelligence program to run um, a country than have these imbeciles over there. And, and I say off-world intelligence, ascended sentient machine intelligence, not not what's been created here in their corporate, you know, their little uh-huh. departments with their 
they're privatized projects with artificial intelligence. I know who those people are, and I wouldn't trust them as far as I throw them when it comes down to stuff like that. But but an off-world sentient machine intelligence designed to be that, um, you know, to intercept, I think would be very beneficial to a country. That's well, a it, if, you know. if we have rules that are set out and somebody breaks them, then the consequences should be what have been decided long ago. I don't understand what mm-hmm. the problem is. You know, right. if you're corrupt, yeah. you get fired and you serve time. If, yes, there's no know, accountability. You know, that's the yeah. problem, Barbara. They just don't have any accountability because with all the, all their, they're all buddies and they're all corrupt, so who's going to turn anybody in if they're all the same game, you know, the game? It's really sad, okay, actually. Maybe. There's no recourse. I know Sylvia Brown a long time ago prophesied that after 2020, um, the government would fall apart, that a president who was elected after 2020, the president would die of a heart attack, the vice president would, would almost get us into war, and the Speaker of the House would save the day. And ever since 2020, Jeannie and I have been watching. Mm-hmm. Sylvia Brown was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's just, you, you know, I just would like to see somebody honest. But even finding somebody honest, they still have to deal with a corrupt machine. And, and how do you know how, far, how deep, to, how to cut? how far down to cut. Right. Well, that's what I mean by it has to be completely zeroed out. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. It has to be gutted. <clears throat> as sad as that is, and, and, you know, all of us, we all love everything, you know, when it comes to our country, but well, I, I used to, and my ancestors founded D.C. for credit out loud, but I'll tell you, um, it's so toxic. It's like a cancer. How do you get rid of that cancer? And, and, you know, like I said, this country's done. I don't know what they're so proud of unless they think they're going to escape somewhere in an escape pod with Elon Musk somewhere. I mean, I have no idea what their trip is because it's a real disaster zone and they don't even see it because they're living well, they're eating well, and they go outside and there's no crime in their neighborhood. Well, they have, the wake-up call will be coming for them, I'm sure, um, because it's bad. It's, and you can live in the nicest neighborhoods now and you'll still have issues. So, um, you know, it's just really pathetic. They hate this country enough to destroy it that way. That's really, really sad. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I mean... I mean, there are people out there that have blatantly broken the law oh, yeah. and, and, been a, and been a traitor to the country, and nothing's been done. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sort of like, so, so what is the Constitution about? What is the point of it if it's not followed and, and adhered to and, and it, is the, it is the rule of law? And it doesn't appear to be anymore. No. Although so they'll flaunt it. You'll hear them in Congress talk about it all the time. Rule of law, rule of law. They, there is no rule of law. It's law of lawlessness now. Everything's been compromised. And even the, um, you know, anytime you're looking at the judicial system, it's all corrupted to such a degree. There is no legal system anymore. It's all corrupted. You can't use it for anything. This is what I mean by it. it's all obsolete. You want to talk about the obsolete man from that Twilight Zone episode. I mean, this is the obsolete, you know, corporate government right now we're dealing with. They're obsolete. They really are obsolete, and that's a problem because oh. that's why we're in this commode right now. I live in a condominium, 
and and there are no. 14 families here. One of the units was bought by someone who did it under the table, Lee, knew that it was against the HOA rules to rent, and proceeded to rent. Now, three years later, we spent over $40,000 trying to get her out, and she has continued to rent. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And, and at one point, I, I said to our lawyer, you know, I'm beginning to think that the laws are to protect the crooks, not the innocent. And mm-hmm. sure. and and it, it's 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 been it's been phenomenal. It was the, the condo was was seized, auctioned off, and and she is still trying to sell it to somebody for cash, even though she doesn't own it any longer. Wow, amazing! Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's. I should write a book. <laughs> you really could. Well, you have a beautiful book out already, but um, many actually. But yeah, you know, it's, it is corrupt. There's no, no doubt about it. It's something that's why it's, I'm always working on off-planet intelligence because I can't do anything to change anything here. You know, people will say, "Oh, you can change it all. You can change it all," and we do change the vibration. We do so much. We can we can heal so many. But at the same time, this is this is polarity. I mean, there's so much polarity here. When it comes down to us ascending and them trying to encapsulate everybody with a weaponized atmosphere, that's why I kept saying, you know what, we're going our way. So say we all, you know, Battlestar Galactica, and and they can go theirs. I mean, I think that that's really where it's at, and on so many levels that we can't we can't be held to these, um, we can't be bound like this anymore. It's really a binding to me in a sense of the way people are being treated right now, tethered well, to, to them. Well, yeah, and. For instance, if we've got a little creek in our backyard and there's a bridge over it that's rotting. Now, if somebody mm-hmm. was creeping into this area to steal and they fell through the bridge, they could sue us mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, yeah. we had maintained the bridge. Yeah, if they break into your house, they can sue you. And, and actually, they yeah, I think they did that in California. Some guy broke into someone's house and then he sued because he hurt his back or something. I yeah. mean, really? You're the criminal. You're breaking in to harm with intent to harm, and you're the one suing. And then it's like, this is what I mean by this crazy Disneyland on crack kind of environment. It's really well, it, bizarre. It, it's it's a stage in evolution, I guess, in that you have to destroy everything and go back to square one and start all over again. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Well, square one is not about cavemen. I'll tell you that right now. Square one is zero point. So if we go to zero yeah. point, we go into a different space-time configuration. We are navigating and traversing the galactic highway like we're supposed to, like we were supposed to be doing before this crazy started. So to me, that's the reset. And sentient machine intelligence what? is there. When do you? When yeah. did? When did you? When do you put this? When did it start? As far as you're concerned. And so far as. Um, Civilizations? What corruption. Do you mean? No, corruption. Oh, the corruption, my goodness. Well, you know, we can only go by the benchmark of the United States, but in my opinion, I think it's been here since mankind showed up on the map, or at least since mankind has created a benchmark of history. So, you know, if you go back as far as man's version of history, uh, I would say that's that's the imprint right there. The records are wrong, and the records have been, fer- you know, fermenting in there like bad, whatever, 
you know, for how many centuries and centuries people have been educated with wrong ideas, wrong information, and good is evil, evil is good, and all of a sudden now look at it, it's regurgitated insanity. And then, of course, we have what I consider to be a holographic world anyway. So if you look at this, this realm as, as an input-output with energy and consciousness, and you know as well as I do, you can't give it bad input because the output's going to be a disaster, and this is what we're getting. So I think it's been here at least that long. Um, to me, I find that the celestials, the beings like us, our star family, who initiated it like dwelling on worlds like this before, like with the ancient pyramids, I find it to be much more pure energy, pure light, pure consciousness, pure intellect, and, and very minimal amounts of contamination when it comes to that. That's just me. So that's, that's what I look at. But I could be seen from a different spectrum you. and a different lens. But to me, that's what resonates, and that's my memory banks, and also what I've been able to access over many, many decades. So. I mean, even I, I agree with you, and even though we all have the same physicality, there is a level of awareness that divides us into lots of different groups, and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with color or race or creed. It has to do mm-hmm. with level of awareness and compassion and love, and you know, and 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 it is like like. Like we're a mixing bowl for a lot of different cultures, but but it's even more than that because uh, you know there are people that just don't have the same set of values and and morality, and mm-hmm. you know that's what the dividing line is for me. You know, is is your set of values more than anything else, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm watching what's going on here with lawyers and everything else, and you know, I mean, the money that, that is being spent is partially mine too because it's a condo, and and the money we've spent on lawyers is just phenomenal, and I'm not going to say they didn't do work, but they didn't make any difference either. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. You know, if, if I saw something that really made a difference i'd feel better about it i guess but you know at this point i spoke with one of the lawyers and he said well you know if somebody tries it again you're all set to do suing on them and i said with what we're broke Mm -hmm. right now i I, that's the whole idea so that you can't sue them yeah yeah and these people make these lawyers make Anywhere from one hundred thirty-five to three fifty and four hundred dollars an hour. Oh, they make a lot of money, believe me. Um, well, I remember my NSA lawyer. He, yeah, he was expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like, I look at people who do readings, and there, you know, there are some that do it for a certain amount, and then there are some that do it for astronomical amounts. Now. The material a reader can give you is limited, and it has nothing to do with how much you pay for the reading. So, you know, it, it blows my mind to think that somebody is going to charge $400 for the same thing that somebody who charges 75 is going to give them. Yeah, it's a quality. People, you, know, you don't know who – yeah, but that's true, but there's a quality level and time. I don't know. That's just me, but it depends. Well, there person, is. I guess. There, there, there actually is, but it's sort of like – if I'm getting my worth, I don't mind paying the money. Mm-hmm, but in right. many cases, you're paying the money for substandard work, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
Because, mm-hmm. for instance, there's techie work that I cannot do on my computer because I haven't learned how to do it. I didn't study it. I didn't go to school for it. So I have to find someone who is gifted and talented and fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and And... I'm very fortunate that I have found that kind of person. But but prior to that, I trusted someone who stole my website. Oh, that's terrible. Well, you know, they keep selling website um, platforms. They've been doing that a lot. So that's terrible, though. That's not good. Yeah, she changed all the passwords. I had no control over my own website. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's terrible. So, yeah, I, I have a problem with people like that. But it, it 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 happens, and it's more frequent mm-hmm. than 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 anything else. Um, if I come out of a grocery store and I find and find I haven't paid for a can of soup, I go back in and pay for the can of soup. I know lots mm-hmm. of people that say, "Oh, free meal." No, it's not free. You know, oh, it's, it's moral. It's, you know, ethics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so, think so it's, it's a different ma- generation too. You know. Um, I think our generation had more, we were more conscientious about things like that. Nowadays, everything is free. You know, they expect everything given to them. They don't want to pay for anything. Well, that's true. Yeah. But but look at COVID didn't help any. It it made mm-hmm. the kids realize they don't need school and they don't need a ton of stuff. No, and, they have their little iPhones. That's all they care about. And the thing is, I mean, our school system systems, are are so pathetically bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, they're know, illiterate. I mean, comes to mind. I mean, they're literally. Yeah. Can't, well, you know, you're a teacher. My goodness, you understand. My goodness, this is like I, I've never seen anything like it. I don't even have children put into a school like that, but I would never do it. I put them in a private school or teach them somewhere. Or, yeah. Oh, I homeschool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. It would, you know, if 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 my son was the age that, you know, young, I would homeschool him, and mm-hmm. and he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't be put in that situation at all until college, and even then, I'm not sure college is worth it. No, I mean basically it's a piece of paper. Yeah. No. I mean, I I've got two master's degrees. And with the four years in college and the two master's degrees, I learned nothing. Mm-hmm. But I you mean, had a piece of paper that got you a job, and that's that's pretty much what it boils down to. It's really a club that has, you know, if you have the piece of paper oh, yeah. and the certification, you can you can get in. And you can make this much money per year, and that's the way it rolls. And and you'll be teaching whatever you've been taught. So it's monkey see, monkey do, monkey going to teach it too. And But we don't really know if it's necessarily true. <laughs> You know what I mean by their databases of information? Obviously, you're intelligent. You're an intelligent being, but look at the majority out there now. Oh my gosh, what they're being taught and how they're kind of coming out and thinking they're smart when they're absolutely incompetent. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's crazy. I, I, can, I can remember a kid in my class said, Columbus discovered America. I said, no, he didn't. Yes, he did, back and forth. I said, where did he land in America? And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, look it up. And he came back and he said, <laughs> is, is, I forget what the name of the island was, is that in the United States? I said, no. 
And he said, well, he discovered this side of the world. This, and I said, it wasn't lost. The, 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 the Vikings found it way before anybody else did. And even beyond that, possibly even, um, you know, uh, Druids. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it was never lost. It was always there. Right. You know? Agreed. But, but um, you know, it, it's, and what gets me, Solaris, is that history, real history, is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, e- even the wars, but they're fascinating if you if you can look at them from a distance and understand what went into it and why did things happen. It's fascinating. It's it's an amazing um history of the evolution of the society that we're in now and mm-hmm. you know it just um it blows my mind because this, they haven't changed their textbooks in i don't know how many years dick and jane are still out there and spot um really but those books oh wow. yes yeah they're still out there and then the great books like dr seuss books haven't taken yeah. off the market. Isn't that crazy? You know, if you really think is. about those Dick and Jane books, those are the stupidest books. I never learned to read on books like that. I was always reading adult books as a kid. I don't even, you know, I was reading before I went to school. So it's kind of interesting to see what kind of garbage is there, you know, but it's caveman stuff, you know. Crazy. Well, it is, and, and with what they're doing today, with the books that they're taking off the, the off the shelves, that you know, it's kind of like, ah, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> uh, somebody's well, offended. <laughs> I'm going to put a book out I mean, called "Somebody's Offended." <laughs> That'll be a bestseller, Barbara. <laughs> probably. I mean, when when you're you're talking, I mean, Dr. Seuss was teaching a great deal with a lot of his poetry and his his illustrations. I mean, Horton Hears the Who. Um, mm-hmm. I I love that story because in many ways, humanity today is is the Horton and the Who. So mm-hmm. you know, it's a matter of you know, do we have do we have to understand both sides of that question apply to our ourselves, or do some people think we're we're Horton and others just can only associate with the who who are teeny tiny and have no power unless they mm-hmm. unless they go to unless they you know work together they have wonderful moral you know moral lessons there if you teach them mm-hmm. but uh yeah i would have loved to have taught school just using dr seuss books it would have been a really incredible a lot of fun mhm but yeah but, I don't yeah. know why they banned his books. That's too bad. Well, not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. And I had one kid who, gosh, he was 16, and he, he 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 couldn't read, and he said he couldn't read. And I said, no, I think you're lying to me. And he said, no, I'm not lying. I can't read. And I said, let me see your notebook. And across, And this notebook is covered with, every dirty word you can think of. And, you know, I, I went through them all. I said, okay, what's this, what's this, what's this? And he told me what they were, and we, we put them out on the blackboard, 
And so I changed letters, you know, one letter here and one letter there, and, and you know, said, well, what does this say? And I said, go from the word that it came from. And before the day was out, he said, you know what, I can read. I said, yeah, and don't you think you'd do better with, with, without your base words? <laughs> and he laughed, <laughs> and the principal, had he walked by just as school was out, and he walked into my room, and I came back to the room after putting kids on the bus. He said, what is this? I said, I was proving that he could read. And he said, don't ever do that again. And I said, but it taught him that he could read. And he said, I don't want that filth in my school. And I said, they're words. So so anyhow, you know, it was it was close to the time that I quit teaching. But I mean, wow. I think but still, good job on yours. Well, I brought cam- I brought comic books in and taught the kids to read from the comic books. They were oh, more that's fun. Great, yeah. Uh huh. Absolutely. Because, I love comic books. Oh, great. I, I I used to love them too. I mean. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait for the, you know, the ten cent comic books to come out and everything. It was just, um, we used to bug my oh, mother to get funny. to the store. Oh yeah, little no, Lulu, um, uh-huh. Scrooge McDuck, Donald Duck, um, all of them. They they were they were, yeah. you know, they weren't they weren't full of of violence or mm-hmm. anything like that. They were just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't. I, there's not a lot of fun out there anymore. That's just good, clean fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. looking at somebody having a difficult time, or, or being in, in a horrendous marriage, and laughing at the things they're going through. Or, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's not good, clean fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Very, very few places, you, and. So if this is what society is coming to, I mean, it is, to me, it signals a downfall. You don't hear the laughter that was around 50 years ago. No, you don't. I agree with that. Everybody's, um, nobody smiles much anymore. Uh-uh. Well, it's because everybody's struggling. I don't know anybody that yeah. isn't struggling, which means I don't mm-hmm. know any rich people because, you know, I mean, all I know are poor people because... The rich people aren't aren't struggling, you know. So no, they're they're smiling, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I see yeah. it every day. I can see that there's this uh, displacement everywhere when it comes down to people, and you know, it's it's unfortunate. It doesn't have to be this way. I, I wanted it to be um, more of an optimistic society and and evolved and intelligent, and you know, um, but it's gone such in such a dark world. It really has. Too bad. It really is. But you know, I look at I point fingers over there and uh, look at this government, and they're ninety percent of the problem when it came down to the social engineering and these types of games that were being played, and you know, just trying to create a polarity between races, and you know, just got crazier and crazier, all because of a political agenda. I heard somebody suggest that these war games and everything were put out there to get the youth used to killing people and not feeling bad about it. Probably desensitizes, I'm sure. Well, shoot them upper games. I mean, any type of video game needs to say that was, you know, bad for you. But anything that's going to desensitize people, I think so, absolutely. And that's definitely one of them. Well, it's just, it, 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 it is so sad. <laughs> because this is such a beautiful world. 
And it can be. When when you see what's happening with what's being done to the Ukraine, and then when you even see what's doing to cities like like New York and like San Francisco and Los Angeles and gosh, even in Texas, I mean the the cities are being overrun by people sleeping in the streets. I I used to um I, I can remember in New York City there were the guys that did the windshields. You know, they when you were stopped at a red light, they'd spritz your windshield and they'd wipe it down, and then you'd have to you'd have to give them something. And, and mm. now you see these people on the side of the road that that they don't even say we'll work for uh, food anymore. They 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 just they have their hands out. And mm-hmm. a lot of no, and it's not a dollar are, bill; it's a five dollar bill. They want yeah, yeah, and and it, it's sort of like. Um, and you can't, much as you feel sorry for all of them, I mean, you'd end up with nothing if you were constantly giving out to these people because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're not, it, it, it's not, you know, I have a feeling with a lot of them, it's not that they don't want to work, it's that they can't work. Either they they are mm-hmm. ill or, 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 or whatever, or a veteran and they just can't, I mean... And all these people coming in over the border, I mean, somebody in Congress literally said we need them because somebody has to be able to um, take care of our gardens and, and clean right, our houses. Right, that was Pelosi, seeing that. What? Yeah, was her. That? Somebody needs to pick our fruit. Yeah, you know, she needs her little plantation slaves, you know. And I, I can't believe that ran out of her mouth, but I saw it on video. Go ahead. I can bet you money that not one of those people coming across the border has any intention of picking cotton or no. tending they're be, somebody. They're not going to be plantation know. slaves. They're going to they're going to be there to take them down at some point. This is what I mean by they're creating the monsters and they're using the monsters as weapons of war against the, the American people. But at some point, those monsters are going to turn on them, and then they're not going to be able to escape that. These guys are not going to play nice. These kids are not intimidated by the government. I can guarantee you that. These guys are a lot of them are nasty. And if they think for one minute they're going to, the military is going to intimidate them, oh, sadly mistaken. So it looks like a nasty scenario, you know, kind of, uh, you know, bubbling up. Well, they used to they used to take kids, kids that were unruly, <clears throat> and they used to put them in the military. But the military yeah. won't even take them anymore. Well, I think they are getting in the military now. That's another aspect of we don't even have a real military because it's been co-opted. So now what used to be a really patriotic community and, you know, supportive of the American people and this country is becoming more co-opted and they're very dangerous um, as an adversary, actually. So I'm, And plus with the weapons they're getting access to and the fact that they don't care when they're electronically torturing people and they laugh about it and brag about how many people they can torture with electronics. And I know that for a fact, by the way. So that's, that's real information. And, um, no, these guys are no good. I'm not saying they're all like that in the military, but I'll say I've, had, I've heard enough and I've observed enough and I've had my own expertise in my own areas to know that this, uh, these bad seeds need to go. And they're being encouraged. And that's the problem. Wow. So, well, yeah, when you terrible. saw those. It's not what it used to be. Those, those two kids who, I forget where it was, but they, they ran down a, a retired police chief in the car and laughed about it. Yeah, that's the mentality. Yeah, they're monsters. I mean, I mean, it's just like it's worse than a zombie apocalypse at this point. Well, it's terrible my, because they think it's a video game. 
Well, you know, I, I I thought there would be riots this summer, but there haven't been. But I still see riots um, in the country, possibly around the end of the year. I'm not sure. I don't know what mm-hmm. those people in New York are going to do once the mm-hmm. once the winter hits and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll probably ship them over to you know my state, your state. Yeah, who knows? I find it to be just basically putting the putting the problem someplace else. You know, somebody else's doorstep. That's typical of them. Why don't we never take responsibility? Where, why don't we? Yeah, just well, they should have never been where they Exactly. Well, the thing is, it should have never been accessible to get here to begin with, without the right, um, you know, vetting and this, that, and the other. It's been negligent, like I said, and they're laughing about it in District of Criminal, thinking it's a joke and it's funny. And, you know, they, they put um, a previous president through hell for creating a wall when, in fact, that was a great idea or at least something that at least slows down what's coming in. Uh, you know what? They're going to see it. They're going to see the disaster motion. I think they already are because a lot of those people who are part of that Democratic view are changing their tune drastically now because they're seeing it and they're, they're getting hit by it with their own communities and they're understanding that that was a big mistake. So it's, it's just, like I said, it's pure negligence. And that's Homeland Security. You know, they're supposed to be securing this homeland. They're supposed to be securing the border. They're not securing anything except going after well, Americans that say something against them. <laughs> so, well, wait, figure, right? yeah, you know, and, and I thought they were, they were really focused on culling the population and depopulating everywhere Oh, jeez. Well, and I don't see This is another thing. No. And, and the funny thing is the white, you can say whatever it is, but there's certain, there's certain Europeans that are not breeding much anymore. We're not, they're not having children. Uh, but these particular people are coming over are definitely going to be having lots and lots of children. So, once again, the population will spike. Spike, spike, spike. Yeah. But you know what? Uh-huh. It's going to be footing the bill on that. Because these people are employed. They're not going to have real employment. She's still dealing with that. And then, of course, uh, you know, and if that's what they want, are they really wanting all that? They're going to have to educate. Well, they don't, they want their plantation slaves that badly. I thought they were wanting to consolidate this realm. So I find that I think it's all a game being played out. I think there's a lot of weird, I think they're using it strategically to destroy this country. And then when these people are, when they're ready to destroy these people coming in, they will take them down. They will take every one of them down. It can be anything from a, another bioweapon to whatever it is that will take them all down. Because they don't care about them. They just want to use them to, you know, get get this country destabilized, which is achieved, you know. So. Oh, we're already this there. Is my observation. Yeah, but it wasn't like no, that it's... until this started happening. We were okay until this started happening. I mean, I've watched this for years, and I know you have too. So, you know, and everybody's complaining. You said before, you know, food. Now the water thing. I mean, everything is just try and rent somewhere. I know people who live in their cars all the time. They have real jobs. They're trying to keep themselves above the water. And literally sleeping in their cars. This is America, and these are American people that are sleeping in their vehicles because they can't afford a place to live. And then, you know, like I said before, man, there's so many things that are wrong here. Don't even get me started. It's crazy. It is. It really it is. is. It's it's frightening, and and it's you know I I don't see it getting better. It does. No, I don't either. Going to get, you know, it's going to get worse. And I don't see it getting better until, gosh, twenty twenty five, in there someplace. Well, it's agreed. It's grim, and that's what I said. But we do need an intercept from off-world intelligence, not a psy war, not a Project Bluebeam wannabe from the Defense Department with their fake UFO scenery and their 
psyop narratives. No, I'm talking a real intercept to neutralize what's happening here. Because the only thing that's going to be able to do that is an off-world intercept. It can't come from here. It has to come from off-world. Is my my opinion. Well, I do. I find it very interesting that the Georgia Stones, the one that was destroyed, was the one that talked about depopulation to a certain number of people, and then they knocked mm-hmm. the other two stones down and destroyed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I do know that a lot of the vaccines that we have sent to other countries have been infected with viruses and germs and stuff like that. So that, mm-hmm. in a way, the United States is, is really not, I mean, we don't have a white hat at all. Mm-hmm. We've been just as bad as everybody else. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like I said before, there's so many levels of the global corrupt system to such a degree. It's like, what do you do with it at that point? Yeah, it definitely needs to be reset. But not with the criminals in charge, not with not with a fake Gotham City. I mean, we need something better than this. So it, it's really nobody wins with this kind of scenario. Nobody wins, not even them. It's a self-destruct. No, like, it really is. You know, like like I like I said, um, I, I think Sylvia Brown said that ultimately we would be run by a committee, a committee, which makes mm-hmm. sense. And and to be honest, I would love to see. Um, being a part of that committee, being something that every voting individual can have a piece of so that mm-hmm. you serve your year or two and then you go back to your regular job. You don't sit right. there it's and get whole, fat and right. rich. Yeah, well, they're, they're fixtures. They're literally squatters. That's what I call them in D.C. They've, they've basically uh-huh. made their whole careers, their whole career. That's a long time to be in privilege mode, right? To have that kind of money and that kind of clearance and that kind of opportunity, of course it's going to be corrupt. And they'll never want to get out of there. You mean you literally have to, you can't evict them out of there. So, yeah, you can see how that rolls. But I agree well, even I if there we, should be limitations big time. Even if we had terms, you know, for the office, whether it's age or years served, I mean, I, I would say retirement at 70. Oh, sure. You Why know, not? I mean, what the heck do they want to sit around there for and be a problem and not a solution at that age anyway? I do what makes you happy for the you know last part of your years, you know. I don't get it. But you see how they are in there, man. This is insane. Well, it, yeah, and, and what gets me is, you know, when they have a bill that looks like it would be a really good bill or, or whatever, and then they're suddenly throwing in, I forget what they call it, but... but you know the the you know a bridge over nowhere and you know uh, five hundred thousand dollars to save the migrating wombats or whatever. You know they just throw stuff in that has no credibility. It has no worth. It has no point. Mm-hmm. And 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 they get the money for their state and it never goes for what they've you know designated it for. So right, like budget again. Yeah. It, it, it's it's just I don't know. I wish there it were some work. way to. No, it doesn't. And and I think that everybody is beginning to see that. And mm-hmm. you know, sad is well, the, they're being impacted by so it. Be. That's the thing. Yeah, it's not only just visual. It's just that they are physically being affected. Their their environmental condition has has gone down. You know, down into the gutter, literally. So yeah, uh-huh. how can you not be affected by it? 
that's the thing. It's one thing to observe, you know, the, the foolishness that's going on, and it's nothing to be impacted financially. Or on so many other levels where their vulnerability is out there and they're not safe anymore, their children aren't safe. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah, that's it. And and the fact that the kids aren't safe, I mean, you know, I've said this, I've said this a gazillion times, but when I was in grade school, my mother used to say in the summertime, come back when the streetlights go on. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have to be chaperoned. We did our thing. And today, I mean, my grandchildren, to my knowledge, up up until now, their parents have known where they are every minute of every day. Mm -hmm. And they have to. They have to. It's to protect the kids. Oh, yeah, too many predators. Yeah, you know... (laughs) And and even in college, I'm terrified for my granddaughter. She's going to go mm-hmm. to college next year, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I I want her someplace where it's very safe. And I don't I don't know where that is. I don't know where that is either. To be honest with you, I'm sure there'll be pockets here and there, but yeah, every every nice neighborhood that I'm aware of, even in the state I'm in, has gone to the to the sewer. People are complaining all the time on next door now about how bad the communities are and how, how much more crime there is. I mean, you know what? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see this, but nobody's tracking it. They're too busy trying to, you know, look for the other problems that don't exist. But the real problems they're not even looking at. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's going to be a strange new world. It's going to be a fascinating world to watch over the next decade or so. You know, we're probably going to be on a nightlight once a month if I can if, – if, I, I, I've, I'm the one that screwed up the last couple of times, but oh, you didn't. You know, it's just it's okay. It worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it happened the way it was supposed to, I guess. But right, um, it did. It it just it's sort of like I think in a way a lot of the podcasts are the only voice of reason out there, mm-hmm. and that's only because they aren't actually censored yet. And I've been censured three times on on um, YouTube because my shows got into a, a we we dipped our toes into places where the, the they didn't want us dipping our toes, and they censored mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, they've done that to and me I before. Would, well, like I said, I'm a ghost on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had a lot just because I talk over technology, and that's a flag too sometimes. But you know, it is what it is. Well, I mean, the one time they, I, I mean, I, I've been censured for stupid things, you know. I, I don't even want to brag about being censured because it's embarrassing. It's not for a real mm-hmm. reason. It's not, you know. No, it's always stupid. That's what they are, though. I don't think they're real people. They're just incompetent programs and algorithms that are, you know, they're looking for keywords to pull down certain things. And honestly, it's it's really, uh, you know, we're, obviously if you're on their platform, you know, there are rules, I get that. But still, there's a there's an infringement there that's going on that I find is not appropriate. You know, it's like inviting somebody into your house and then beating them up. I mean, it's that kind of thing is what I'm seeing with these people. So, yeah, there has to be a little more etiquette with these corporations. Yeah, And they have to just learn to agree to disagree. If they don't care, you know, if they don't want to hear about it, they don't like it, some people do want to hear that, and some people do resonate with that data. So it's really, you know, they have to be neutral positive at some point with these companies. Well, well, I'm a first-class wuss. 
You know, I mean, it, it's, I'm not, I am definitely not somebody who's going to cause a riot or, or an insurrection or anything like that, but um, it was Gary Wayne's show that was, and it was all about biblical stuff and end times. It had nothing mm-hmm. to do with the current political situation, but I <clears throat> stupidly used a graphic of the a coronavirus um, in the graphic, oh. show, and they they took it immediately. They they took me immediately off there. Didn't bother to listen. If they'd bothered to listen, they wouldn't have found anything in their offense. That's but, probably why. Yeah. But but you know, okay. it was kind of like at that point it was okay. So it's not on it's not on YouTube, but it's on about thirty or forty other servers. So the show went and the show went out. It just wasn't mm-hmm. on YouTube. Well, but yeah, everybody's using amazing. Rumble and other things now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on I'm on Rumble too and Buzzsprout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the show gets out there. But Oh, you're fine. You hap- yeah. you happily have great techies that do your your techie work for you. So, you want well, you want to let people um, know? Yeah. My uh, shows are on yeah. um Yeah, I've hyperspace yeah, on KTR Friday. <laughs> hyperspace KTR okay. Friday night, 12 midnight Eastern time, 9 p.m. Pacific and Raven Star's Witching Hour on freedomslips.com, and that is 12 midnight Eastern time, 9 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And, yeah, and then I'm here with you once a month, and my, my website's nightshadowanomalydetectives.net. Books on Amazon. Well, well, I think we actually did cover our topic a little. We did. We went a whole, like, <laughs> almost an hour. I thought that was good. And actually, I would still like to go in further at some point. We'll talk more about the remote viewing. Maybe we'll do some remote viewing or something and go deeper at some point. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that because that would be yeah. Maybe maybe do a whole show on on remote viewing on different areas and compare what we get. Oh, that would be fun. I would love to do that. That sounds like a blast. Okay, well, yeah, we'll have to get together and figure out what areas we're going to do, and then talk other people into doing it with us, or also so we can get a consensus of what are in these areas. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, let's do I that. Love it. That sounds like fun. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I think next week, next time is your your pick for topic. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh my goodness! Again, I thought I picked yeah. the last one, but I'm happy to pick something. Okay. No, no, no. This this was on Sylvanefru, and that was, you know, my saying. Let's do the book. Okay. Well, I'll figure something really cool out. Okay. That sounds good. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing your show on Nightlight. It's so, such a pleasure, and it's such a gift that you give us this time. I so appreciate that. Well, thank you, Barbara, and likewise, it's an honor to be here, so thank you. Okay. Until next time, we'll talk in between. But until next time, right. uh, everybody, find us the last Sunday of the month if one of us doesn't mess it up, and and we'll all see you then. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.